the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are covering Moon Knight from 2014, and we're going to cover the first six issues of this run. With me, as always, is co-host Dean, and Dean, welcome. What is up? What did you think of Moon Knight? Uh, Tim, I thought Moon Knight was great. I was excited to do a comic book episode, read a comic book that wasn't Deadly Class. Yeah, that was fun. As much fun as Deadly Class is. I love Deadly Class. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But. Me too. Change is good, too. Change is good. It was nice to just sit down and read a comic and be like, oh, yeah, I like other comics, too. Not just Deadly Class. There's other comics out there I like, too. Um, Loved this one. Absolutely loved it. How about you, Tim? Yeah, I loved it, too. Cool. It's it's different. It's different. But I liked it. It's... It's definitely different, but I, I, I love what it's going for. Um, it's it's kind of like a bunch of uh, standalone issues, you know, a bunch of standalone stories. Nothing's really connected. And I think that was kind of a breath of fresh air with Marvel Comics. I was like, when I read this the first time, I was reading a lot of Marvel Comics. So just picking up my 15 to 20 books I was getting that week and then, you know, having to remember what's happening in every single story and then getting to this and being like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. This is just going to be fun and awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, It was something kind of new for the time. The Hawkeye run that we covered on the podcast, same, same idea. It's kind of like, now that one, yeah. that one had a bit of a, uh, a bit of a connective tissue going through, mm-hmm. but it, it still felt very, like segregated issue to issue and i liked it it was a kind of a breath of fresh air this one is is there is no real strand you know connecting them it is really just like one story after another it's it's all anthology stories a lot of fun though like it was really yeah really nice to to kind of pick something like this up and i will say that it, it does kind of miss or, or you 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 don't end up getting that big payoff at the end of a story, like the big um, kind of True. cliffhanger yeah. or shocker moment. That that's kind of missing from it because they don't mm-hmm. have the ability to build the story. But for what it is, it's a lot of fun. And I really like comic books that do this. That just do the one off stories. Then the the next issue is brand new. Really easy to read that way. Like you could just you could pick this up, read one issue, put it down come back a year later, read the next issue. Doesn't matter. You know, you're not going to forget anything. Uh, I, it's fun. It's a fun way to do it. I like it. Yeah, I think it's really, um, it's like classic Warren Ellis where it is a really cool story. It's really neat. It's got like a lot of action in it, but it's also really fun. Like he he just has a way of capturing that type type of thing and making it sort of kind of at the same time feel lighthearted and fun which is weird because it's like very serious stuff that they deal with um but it usually 
breezes by kind of as like, oh, you know, if we had a heavy issue, the next one's going to be kind of a fun issue. Um, so I just felt very, very Warren Ellis out of this comic, which I, I like because I love him. Um, and, and Declan Shalvey in the art, I feel is like really ambitious. It's like there, there's a lot of things that they're doing, um, you know, with this character and with this comic book that I think is, you know, a swing. It's a big swing. And I think it really, really connected. And I think the art is fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic, Dean. You know what else is fantastic? What? The coloring. Yeah, Jordi Blair. Yeah, we talked about Jordi Blair before. She was a colorist on uh, the Vision run that we love so much. And she went on like this this big advocacy for comic book colorists because her application for a comic convention was turned down because she was only like, quote unquote, only a colorist. So she went on a rampage and uh, just sending letters to people saying, what are you talking about? We're as important as anybody else. And she inspired Comic Book Colorist Appreciation Day on January 24th because of one of the passionate letters she sent to the convention that refused to accept professional colorists. Those bastards. That is absolutely ridiculous that they wouldn't accept colorists at the convention. That is so ridiculous. Like they colorists are so important to the comics. I was going to mention that in this comic and actually it kind of is true with any Jordi Blair comic um, and, and a lot of other comics, but her specifically, she's just so good at coloring that it's like the colors are what kind of makes the feeling in the comic. You know, it's like it, the colors drive how you should, you know, kind of be feeling in a certain page in a certain panel. And I think that is really important in this one, really important in a lot of the comics that she colors on. Um, it just absolutely, absolutely pops here. Like color, you can't, you can't look at this comic book and not think that the coloring is super important. Definitely. The coloring is, it's so good in this book too. She did such yeah. a great job. I always find coloring like a really hard thing to kind of grasp. Like, I feel like the writer yeah. kind of has an open book with what the writer can do. The artist is following the writer's story, but still can like really envision, you know, what they want to do with the imagery. But then the, the colorist already has the imagery and story in front of them. And they have more constraints upon them with what they can do. They can only do certain things, right? Like, if you can tell that it's a, a scene in the in the nighttime, guess what? You don't have a full range of your skills anymore. You have to you have to do something nighttimey. So how do you make the nighttime look cool? You know what kind of colors are you going to use to make um make it look like night? Make it look cool. Make it you know work with the color of the character because you know the main character has to be a certain color. So I feel like they in ways have their hands tied, um, but are equally as important as any uh, of the other people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's and, and like we said, this is an anthology sort of um, six issues of a comic and every single one of them feels different. And every single one of them is like telling a different story. And the colors are different in every single issue. Um, so you get that feel you get that sort of different feeling when you're jumping into the new story. Um, very good. Awesome coloring work here. Yeah, agreed. I love it. Now, Moon Knight is one of my personal favorite characters. Uh, I'm assuming not a lot of people know a whole lot about him. Uh, I, I was reading the original run from 1980 back in the day when I was a kid. Cool. Uh, um, nobody knew who he was at the time. It was just like this 
cool comic book I found on the the spinny rack, and I was just buying up every comic I could see. So I was like, do I like the cover? Yep, cool, I'll buy it. And um, Moon Knight had a cool cover. Really got into the character. I think why I liked reading the comics so much was back then I was reading a lot of Batman and I was reading a lot of The Punisher and Moon Knight feels like this perfect middle ground of those two characters. And like, that's the vibe that I picked up on off that comic. So I really got into it. Um, Yeah. And like, he's, he's similar to those characters in the way that he doesn't really have supernatural abilities he relies on his athletic ability, his intelligence, his like combat skill and fighting prowess. Um, and he's also like very wealthy, like Batman, so that he can have this really advanced technology that ends up helping him out in, uh, in all these different circumstances. Uh, in the early stories, though, like in the ones that I was reading, he would actually get stronger with the phases of the moon, which was a really cool touch. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, I, I that kinda, is a cool touch. I kind of wish they didn't do away with that. Uh, yeah. That is a little bit more supernatural, but I feel like even in this story, they kind of get into the supernatural a little bit. So yeah. that's one of the uh, the supernatural touches that like I really liked. Because, you know, he, yeah. he'd go into a big battle, um, maybe not paying attention to what phase the moon is at and not be as, you know, m- maybe have a, a more difficult time with the encounter than he would, you know, the week before. Yeah, totally. That is really cool. Um, I, I think this character uh, really lends to s- dipping into the supernatural. Like, it's so easy. It's right there. Like, it's the the character died and came back to life. Like, that's already supernatural right away. But I, I think uh, he often gets compared to Batman just as like, oh, Marvel's Batman. Because I think writers sometimes don't know exactly where to go with all these types of things. And it ends up sort of maybe being washed away and washed down that it is kind of like, oh, Batman, he's rich. He wears dark. He works at night. But there's just like so many other things, so many other neat things that go on in Moon Knight that you just need to read the comics and you'll see that, you know, it's there. Um, the supernatural is one of those things. Like, I, I, I agree with you. That would have been really cool to keep that in the comic, keep that moon face in the comic. There's lots of room for supernatural stuff here. Yep. One of the fun things about the character, too, is that since he's not as big a property as Batman, as you go from, like, run to run with different artists and different storytellers, they can kind of take liberties with his character. Yeah. And nobody, like, nobody's going to slap them on the wrist for it, right? So in this this run that we do, uh, we're doing today, they don't really get into what his job is as a person. One of my favorite runs of Moon Knight is where he's uh, he's an actor. He's like a famous actor. That's where he gets his wealth from. And I really liked that aspect of that story. You couldn't do that with Batman. Like you couldn't just make a run where now all of a sudden Batman's not this like, you know, family wealthy billionaire and is now an actor or something like that. Like you wouldn't get away with that. People, the nerds, Dean, would be outraged, right? But a character like be. a character like this, you can do something like that with. So yeah. I find going from different runs of this character a lot you know a lot of fun for for that reason totally yeah it's uh, it's hard to nail down exactly what's going on with the character because from run to run he changes <laughs> so yeah. it, it and this will be an example of that his origin story um is that mark specter a former marine and cia operative becomes a mercenary and he's on a job for hire in sudan 
and Mark is mortally wounded by a fellow mercenary and then finds himself drawn towards a recently unearthed tomb where he lays before a statue of an Egyptian moon god um, known as Konshu. And Mark dies, but is suddenly revived and fully healed. And he claims that Konshu wants him to be the moon's knight to protect and avenge the innocent. And one of the major character traits and themes in this book and several other Moon Knight books is that Mark has disassociative identity disorder, which is a mental disorder uh, characterized by the maintenance of at least two distinct and relatively enduring personality states. Now, one of the more compelling explanations that I find in these books for his DID is that he shares a psychic connection with Konshu, which compels his personality to shift between the four major aspects of Konshu's nature, which are the traveler, the pathfinder, the embracer, and the defender of those who travel at night. So as like as those are characteristics of the god, that shifts how Mark Spector um kind of like shifts how his personalities behave based on that. Yeah. And I think in, at least in this book, it, it explains that and uh, Mark Spector's brain trying to um, fit that into how it's supposed to work uh, sort of creates another person to be that other aspect. Um, yeah. Which I think is really cool. I, I, is that, is that thing like that type of type of explanation in other Moon Knight comics or is it just this one? Yeah, this is the first one that I've read it. Now, I don't yeah, okay. really I, I really liked it. I don't really remember back to the run of the 80s. It's been so long. I don't think yeah. they did anything with uh mental illness back then. Yeah. I think he was just okay. that didn't exist. They started doing that as they rebooted him into the 90s and the 2000s. But Yeah. They definitely did it differently in this one. Now, another yeah. v- another one of the runs that I really like, they do it completely differently. And it's a lot of fun too. I don't want to get into it because I'd actually like to cover it, but they have fun. Uh, they have some fun, different ideas about that. Yeah. This psychic connection that he, he has with Konshu, um, that connection is actually said to have happened when Mark was a child, decades before his actual death. So it's almost like he was recruited by Konshu, which is like new lore. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, that, that, Konshu seeked him out and it it wasn't it wasn't that in the moment of his death that he was just at the statue and you know happened to be there and happened to get revived by the moon god the moon god actually seeked him out as a child and then just when the time was right and he died he kind of like enacted um mm, cool. this ability on him yeah was that part in this book no no okay cuz i was going to say i missed that if that was in this book no, that wasn't. That's just, that's lore. That's like a yeah. more modern lore that they've created. Cool. So we've got six issues. We've got six different stories. Yep. What do you want to do? Do you want to go in order? Do you want to jump around? Ah, order. I, o- order? Order I, before I chaos? Guess. I think I think order. Yeah, and in, in case a listener is out there and picked up this this comic and is just ready and prepared to, I don't know, follow along. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be hard for them to flip to the pages if we're jumping all over. Ah, fair enough. 
Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I guess. <laughs> you seem to be taking this really hard. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I felt like I felt like the idea that someone would be flipping through the pages along with our podcast was just a ridiculous idea. <laughs> no, I mean that might happen, but <laughs> There's no, there's no wrong way. To I would do it. that. I would do that. But I just the thought, like, is anyone actually going to be doing that? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, okay. We'll go from the top, Tim, just in case someone's doing that from the top. It's fine. I only would have been offended if you said, let's go backwards from six down to one. Oh, yeah. That would have been chaos. That would have just, that would have been rude. Just flat yeah, out. That would have been rude. Yeah. All right. Issue number one is titled Slasher. Now, in the first couple pages, they just completely drop the perfect Moon Knight origin story for you. It pretty much tells you everything you need to know about Moon Knight if you've never read it before. Yeah. And there's a girl talking about him sitting at a computer. And Dean, that girl, looks exactly like Jordi Belair. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That is actually true. They drew it like her and then she colored it like her. I thought that was funny. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. We get a quick couple pages with Moon Knight in his limo, which establishes how rich he is. The inside has been completely retrofit, though. Instead of room for 12 passengers in the back, there's only a single majestic chair for him. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and the limo's driving itself. Yes. I, I like what they establish here. And it's not not your traditional-looking Moon Knight in this book, either. He's like in a, in a suit, a white suit with just a tight face mask pulled over, but he's missing his hood. Um, definitely look different. It's a definitely a modern take on the, on the character. Yeah, it's a modern it's a modern take on the character, and it's actually going to be a new uh, I don't know sort of one of his one of his personalities. It's going to be a new one for this this comic that we haven't seen before, and that's the the suit, the three piece suit Moon Knight, um, who's yeah, he's just chilling out in his chair at the beginning here. And uh, what I noticed right away and think is really cool is he's all white. Like the suit is all white. There's no color to it at all. It's basically just the only thing on the page that isn't colored. Yeah, that's 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 Moon Knight, right? Like he's always he's always pure white. For sure. But it just makes it look even more interesting when he's wearing a suit. You know, when it's like when it's something you're used to having color in it and it's just all white. Everything about it is white. I love that he chooses to be an all white Oh, yeah. Like it, it is, you know, very different than Batman, who's kind of hiding in the shadows. Moon Knight says he wants the bad guys to see him coming, which I just think is so yes. great. So he wears Badass, all, all man. white, all white. Yeah. He's very confident. He's very confident yeah. in himself. So he wants he that's also why he's opposite to Batman. Batman wants to hide in the shadows. Moon Knight wants them to see him coming. And hopefully they'll be running. That'll make them run. Yeah, that's cool. Now, Moon Knight comes upon a police scene with a dead body, and he starts to investigate. And, dude, he just crushes this investigation. He very, very quickly determines the killer is a male, must live in the area, there's something wrong with his heel, and that he's probably hiding underground in the tunnels of New York. (laughs) He just knows everything right away. Yeah. I love how they establish, like, how great of a detective he is. Yeah, and honestly, opening up a Warren Ellis comic and 
it's going to be Moon Knight and starting to read it and realizing that he's going to be like a detective. This like Mr. Knight personality that they have is going to be a detective. I'm super, I'm super pumped. Warren Ellis is amazing at writing detective stories. I've written his like actual novels that are detective novels because he's so good at it. He's so good at writing like a PI investigator or a private investigator who is like down on his luck or whatever. Mm. Like he's just so good at these stories yeah. that as soon as this is like, oh, Moon Knight's going to be a detective, I got super jazzed. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to read for sure. Yeah. So then Moon Knight goes off to find the killer in the tunnels, in the sewers. I was getting yes, a very... And, and oh, go ahead. I just wanted to say like, just again to mention like this thing that they're doing with making Moon Knight white, um, like not just making him white, but like actually just not coloring. Like it's the white space that makes up his body, which is allowing um, them to do these really neat things with the panels. Like sometimes the panels aren't full panels because Moon Knight's taking up half of it and he's just white space. So mm -hmm. you'll notice that like the panels are really jagged and stuff because your your brain is like filling in where his body should be but the panel isn't even outlining his body. It's just like, it's just left it. It's just left this white space. So there's a lot of these neat things that are going to be happening in the comic with white space because of how they're playing with how he looks. Yeah, for sure. I actually think it works better than Batman's dark, like his black Yeah. in the comics. I think the white works way better. Uh, my favorite is his cape, just the way that they'll draw his yeah. cape and his cape will take up like half a panel. Um, exactly. And you can yeah. tell it's his cape because half of it's white, but then... There's a little corner of his cape coming up, so you can tell it's his cape. That's why there's nothing there. Yes. So cool. Really neat stuff. I was going to say, at this point in the book, I'm getting a very, like, seven vibe from it, where th this killing that we've seen, this dead body, has been maliciously murdered, and Moon Knight is this, like, such confident and professional detective that just comes in figures out what's going on. He's like the Morgan Freeman character, just knows what's going on, assesses the situation, kind of like analyzes who the bad guy is going to be. And yeah, then he goes after him. A lot of fun. Yeah, super fun, super confident. Uh, there's already, the street cop is already like, uh, we'll like, maybe we should go with you to find that guy in the sewer. And Moon Knight's just like, nope. Uh, like the, he's going to be a trained killer. He's got all his weapons down there. I'd prefer to do this alone. Like he's just so yeah. calm, so conf confident. He wants to walk into the danger with his white suit. It's a great start. Yeah. So Moon Knight heads down into the sewers looking for this guy and finds him. And Dean, I want you to go ahead and describe what this guy is or what the hell is going on with this guy. Cause he's, He's an abomination yeah. of sorts. Yeah. It's very hard to describe what he is. So he's like, he's the first thing I kind of notice is that he's got like all these tubes coming out of him and stuff. So he's being, he's like feeding himself with something to make his like muscles big. Cause he's huge. Like he's got giant muscles. He's a big, big guy. So these tubes are I, like, I'm thinking feeding him some sort of either just steroids or some, some sort of thing that's pumping him up and getting his muscles big. Um, but then your eyes go down to his arm, which is not there. And it is a sword. Like he just has like a sword as his arm, which like kind of like, uh, kind of like Ash has a chainsaw, you know, as, as one of his arms from Evil Dead. Um, and then in on like his leg, he has like some sort of blade, you know, like a, that he, 
I, I think it's just like a a metal metal kind of curve type thing. Yeah, I don't um, know what so that is. I, I've been racking my brain yeah. trying to figure out what it is. It I don't understand. I don't know. It's like it's like a a bendy piece of metal that you might see yeah. on like a robot that they're making nowadays. You ever seen those videos of like robots that yes. kind of walk? They right. have like these weird like yeah. bendy metal feet. Because I think it stabilizes them better. It's easier to balance on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's cool though because that's what Moon Knight was referring to when he said there's something wrong with his heel. Yes. He knew. Yeah, he said there's something wrong with his heel. And when he opened up the sewer, he knew that the way that the guy was getting up and down was all upper body. So he knew that there was something still wrong with his lower body. Like he knew he was climbing up a rope and climbing down a rope just with his upper body so he wouldn't have to use his leg on the ladder. Um, so this is like, I mean, I, we were listening to his description, but I wasn't really expecting this. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this guy to be popping out. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, he's just, he looks like a monster. He looks like a monster. He looks kind of like a, I mean, like a Frankenstein ex- monster, except that he's got weapons, like, put into his body just to make him that much more of a, like, killer. Yeah, he's ugly. He's ugly as fuck. Is he's what's ugly going on. as fuck. He also has like he's he's smiling and he's like missing teeth, man. He's yeah. He's, he's the he's kind not of good looking. he's the kind of figure you would not want to get very near to. I'm getting like uh, stay no. away vibes from him. Yeah, like if I came upon him in that alley where he had murdered that guy, um, as soon as you see him, you just kind of know your life is over. I would just murder myself so he couldn't murder me. that's what i would do exactly exactly this guy in the sewer here he used to be an agent of shield he tells us he got hit by an eid and now he's harvesting body parts and using high class technology to make himself stronger which is it's kind of a cool idea so he's killing people he's taking their organs and their body parts applying it to his body and trying to like make himself whole again yeah, and he's killing people that are super fit, um, but aren't doing anything with it. Like, he's killing people that are fit for looks um, because he's mad at them that, like, he served the country. Why aren't you doing anything with your muscles? They're wasted muscles. So I'm going to take them from you and I'm going to put them on my body and I'm going to use them. Um, and I just, yeah, he right away, it's it. just he like. He deserves their muscles. <laughs> They're right not away. doing anything with it. It's true, Tim. All they're, they're doing not doing is looking in the mirror. That's it. This they're, guy wants to serve in his the country. They're looking good. They're flexing. They're getting dates. Um, he wants to do it for the country. Right away, I'm thinking, like, here we go, getting me right into a villain who is, like, just popped up. He's serial murderer, and already you're like, okay, like, I can, I can see why he's doing it. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not on his side but also i understand why that guy is doing it so right away it's just like it's good it's good writing it's i I love it yeah like murder's bad but like what happened to him was terrible and he he's just trying to become you know himself again he's trying to get back to who he once was moon knight disposes of him pretty easily and in a a wonderful way i thought and it's basically Moon Knight doesn't even really fight him. He's just like no. The guy's like, oh, you you want to fight me? I'm like, I'm big and I'm strong and I'm tough and you you stand no chance against me and I'm gonna kill you and I smell bad 
And then <laughs> Moon Knight's like, oh, cool. Uh, by the way, you're already dead. And the yeah, guy's like, exactly. What do you mean I'm already dead? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, well, when I came in, I guess you didn't hear it, but um, I saw that pack on your stomach that looked really important. It's like a battery pack that's kind of like, seems to be yeah. po- powering the pipes that's going into him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I saw that pack and I thought it looked pretty important. So I threw one of my crescent moon knives, throwing star things, and it bounced off a wall and landed into that thing. And that thing's now destroyed and you're going to like fall over dead right away. It's so good. And that's kind of the explanation. And the guy's like, the guy starts to rage. You're going to kill me. And then he like tries one last ditch effort to punch Moon Knight. Doesn't work. And then the guy falls over dead. Yeah, it's just like it's classic comedy. It's just like it one of those situations. Great. One of those, yeah, one of those situations where the villain is going on this huge rant. He's been talking for so long, and then he's like, "Oh, how are you planning on stopping me? I'm way too strong for you, you fool, to come down here." And then Moon Knight's just like, oh, "I stopped you two minutes ago." Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so good. It's yeah. it's so good. It just. If you've never read a Moon Knight comic and then you jump into this, you're just already going to get his like cocky character. You're already going to just be like super into him because of this, this first issue. Yeah. I really liked when he said he deflected the, the, okay, hold on. What can we call this thing? Because he uses it a lot in this like run. It's a little crescent shaped moon. It's like a quarter moon and it's like a throwing star knife blade. Moonerang. Well, I mean, I thought about that, but it, it's I also didn't want to say that the whole time because it's stupid. Moonblade. Okay, I like that. The Moonblade. 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 So I like that he said that he came in and as soon as he saw this guy, he threw the Moonblade, but he didn't want to throw it right at him because the guy would notice yeah. that. So yeah. he threw it against the wall and deflected it into the guy's stomach where this box so was and yeah. then he says oh i guess you didn't hear that like when he's explaining it at the end he's like oh i, I guess you yeah. didn't hear it hit the wall so he moon knight probably walks in he's like oh shit okay what do i do here i gotta throw this i gotta bank it off he'll probably hear it though and I'll, i might be in trouble but the guy doesn't well, hear it he he tink, tings it off the wall it hits the guy in the side and then moon knight's probably standing there thinking i wonder if he heard that ting or not then that's going to sure. determine whether or not we fight. And the guy didn't hear it. They have a conversation. And then Moon Knight's like, well, I guess I guess you didn't hear when it tinged off the wall. <laughs> and that works for me. Yeah. It's cool. Totally. The best part about it is when he comes down there, the first thing he says is, it's pretty loud down here. Like as soon as his feet <laughs> oh, touch yeah. the ground, he's just like, it's pretty loud down here. I didn't notice that. And so then he right. must have just thought about it right away, right? Like throw it off the wall. Maybe he won't hear that because <laughs> it's so loud down here. It's It's just great. It's great stuff. Let's move on to issue number two, titled Sniper. Oh, man, this issue, Tim. I always thought this was one of the issues in that Hawkeye run. And I was waiting for it when we covered Hawkeye. And then I didn't get it. And I'm like, what the fuck? What am I I thinking of? Like, I thought this was Hawkeye. It's this. But this this has such like a Hawkeye vibe to it that it totally confused me. Yeah. This issue, holy shit, dude. This I think this is my favorite in the book. It's close. Like there's some other yeah. really great ones, but for everything involved, for the story, for the art, for the coloring, 
Yeah. This is this is my number one. Yeah. It's it's tied with me because the other one that I really like is just so much fun. You know, so it's just like this one's not that fun. This one's just really good and serious. Yeah. And the other one I like is just like a bunch of fun. So it's hard to compare the two for me, but like this is definitely tied for the best issue. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about the issue that resembles uh the movie Dread. Oh, I wasn't actually. Oh no. Oh okay. But that one too. <laughs> that issue is actually really good too. Okay, yeah. I there's that like was... a lot of really good really good issues. Okay, if it's not that one, then for sure I know. <laughs> okay. I thought you'd be I thought you'd be on board with that one cuz that one was so much no, fun just start to finish. Yeah, I was I was totally on board with that one. That one was really fun. Uh yeah. I have 3 tied for the lead. 3 tied, Tim. Okay. I have mine not tied. I know, Dean. I have okay. conviction. I know which ones are the best and which Good, ones are great. not the best. Great. I'm proud I'm proud for you. Thank you. Gold star. <laughs> Such a cool start to this one. On the first page, they introduce us to eight characters. There are eight equally sized panels, one with each character, and each character is going on in their life, like in their day-to-day life. Each of them has a bit of a different story that they're explaining, and we learn just a little bit about each of them. And then one by one, they start getting shot by a sniper. And as... The pages continue. If the character dies, if the character gets shot by the sniper, their panel changes to white until finally there's only a page of all white and one small panel of the very last guy getting shot. And while this is happening, they're sharing the story of the sniper who's doing it in those absent white panels as it's happening yeah this was genius genius like the idea of this is just genius i loved it yeah they don't really break the fourth wall but it's like they're they're pushing it a little bit like show i feel like showing us these eight people and then one of them gets killed so you take that person out of the comic but you kind of like kind of we kind of know that it is a comic because they've just been pulled off the page but their space is still there on the page they're just missing from it i don't know it was, yeah. it was really interesting no tim that's totally true this this is the reason why comics can be great this is a story that can only be told in this way in a comic book there's nowhere else this could be told so actually you know what for that reason i also give it number one tim okay this is number one because it is the best comic in this book the other ones could be told in other ways and have such like have the same amount of sort of fun and things with them this is the only the story can only be told like this in a comic book so like you said eight eight panels laid out eight stories but all you do is follow that same panel from page to page so if in the top left corner there's one of the characters they aren't in in any of the other panels and then when you flip the page they're in the top left corner again and then you flip the page again they're in the top left corner so if you want to follow their story you basically just follow their panel and flip through the book 
and you'll read what happened next to them and next to them and next to them. And then you can go back to the beginning and read like another character and read, flip through and read their next panel and their next panel and their next panel because you're getting all eight at once. And then, like you said, Tim, as soon as they get sniped, they're gone and it's just an empty box. It's just so cool. Um, coloring, so important in this one to distinguish you from as soon as you know, like what you're seeing, the colors are so different in each panel or in each like, uh, yeah, different panel box that you know what story you're reading, you know which one you're looking at, um, which is important to not get confused. Um, I didn't really know what was going on when I started. So that's why it's also really cool. I just watched, read the first page, didn't really know that they were separate things, went to the next page and realized that that first person that got shot, their box was missing. So then I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be pretty neat. And then I flipped back and forth and back and forth. This one just made me go like all over the place with it because it was just so cool. Very cool. They don't tell you the yeah. name of this issue until um, mm. the the eighth person is killed. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of halfway through the issue, and then they give you the like cover for the for the issue and the name of the of the issue, and they and it's Sniper. And like that 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 sort of cover title page with Sniper, it's it's actually really. It's really cool because we had just got these separate boxes, these eight separate boxes, and in our mind, we were, you know, sort of training ourselves not to read it like a regular comic and be like, oh, these are all separate. These are all separate stories. Then we go through a bunch of pages being separate stories, separate stories. Then we get to the title page and they have a pulled out view of all the people that got shot and they were all within the same block because they were just coming out of their office building. So I I had already sort of separated them all from each other in my head and just like, okay, these are all different things. And then all of a sudden we get this panel where they're all on the same one, but they're all lying on the street. And I was like, wow, this is like, they were all right next to each other. I guess so. It's a sniper. That makes sense. Right. Uh, so I just thought that was really, really amazing. Yeah, that was really cool. They kind of explain that a little bit later with why that's the case. Yeah. But yeah, yeah apparently... Um, these people were all part of a special operations group of nine who discarded this sniper in the line of duty. Moon Knight is now on the case. We see him gliding through the night air. There's a full moon above him. And he's on this crescent-shaped glider. And he's now also looking a little bit like more like his traditional um, self with his classic hood. Yeah, And he drops from the glider and we get this glorious panel of his cape of pure white outstretched, taking up most of the page. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. He drops onto the building that the sniper is on and they have a really, really good chase. Moon Knight finally catches up with him. And again, just like the last guy, he kind of handles this guy pretty easily. But... Like while they're fighting, someone comes off of an elevator, puts a gun to the sniper's head, and kills him. Yeah. And this guy who came off the elevator says he was the ninth of the group. And this guy sounds like a real piece of shit, too. Yeah, he he says he like he's like, Yeah, yeah, we left this guy behind. We used him. No big deal. We all knew it was time to get out. And make some real money as bankers. And then the issue just kind of like abruptly ends there. Yeah. This isn't another thing with these books is they kind of have a very abrupt ending. Yeah. They just drop, think... they just kind of drop off where I kind of want like one or two more panels out of every issue. Just giving me yeah. a little bit more. 
it's not a problem. I, I don't mind that they decided just to kind of like cut it off. But yeah, it, it is a bit abrupt. Yeah, it reminds me of just like kind of, uh, you know, an indie movie trend where, you know, they just kind of have a one last thought type thing and then they cut off the mo- like the movie ends and you're just supposed to sit with that thought. And I felt like this happens in this comic a bit where it just gives you this thought. It's like, yeah, this is why this whole issue happened. What do you think of it? You know, it just kind of gives you that little break of like, what do you think about that? Um, and it's it's a, it's a weird feeling for a comic book. Um, but it's uh, like this comic book is doing a bunch of different things. You know, it's like I said before, it's ambitious. You know, it's trying different things. So I uh, I appreciate it. But it is a weird sort of feeling for a comic book. It doesn't really... You're used to an issue wrapping up. Yeah, definitely. And I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I understand what they're doing. They're like, you know, yeah. it's Warren Ellis. He's trying to have a little bit of a narrative, you know, underlying narrative in there saying for like, sure well, yeah here's what i actually think like this is what i you know think is going on on a more serious level yeah i would have preferred more of like a twilight zone take where they wrap it up with like a short monologue there's always like a short monologue from the creator who says like you know and that's why you know um jimmy johnson uh, can never go into the basement again. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I would have liked maybe Moon Knight or something, or maybe his limo. It'd have been cool if like his limo talked to him at the end of every issue and just yes, like summed yes. something up. Like, you know, how do you feel <laughs> about really today, <laughs> Mr. Knight? You know, and they just had like a little rapport or something like that. That would have landed a little bit better for me. Uh, but I get, I get what, uh, yeah. Mr. Ellis was doing. Yeah, that would have been really funny if he sat down and told him his whole day, like told the limo the his whole day. Like at, at the end of every comic, it was just him telling his limo what had happened. And his limo, his limo is just like telling him the moral of the story. <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun, actually. Great. Okay. Issue number three, Box. Another really cool start to an issue. Man, these issues can just, they just blast out of the gate. It's so good, man. We see a couple guys walking the streets of New York. One of them thinks he hears a music box playing. And then we see a gang of ghost punks. Now, to fill it in for the listeners, picture the ghost army from the Lord of the Rings Return of the King, but make them 80s punk rockers. Yeah. Chains, piercings. Mohawks. Mohawks, all that. Jean jackets, arms arms, uh, cut off. So good. Now, we're getting into the supernatural a little bit here, which I think is fun. Yes. I like this aspect of the Moon Knight because there's ghosts. Very cool. Yeah, this is this is my other favorite, Tim. This it's, is one of my other favorites. Really? This is not what I yeah. would have expected. It's one of my other favorites because because of the fun because of the the supernatural thing and okay. and because of the art and colors you know where moon knight is the white and now these ghosts are this green you know it's just this it's this actual uh color fight between the two ooh um, color I, fight I, 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 color fight and i just think it's we'll get to the part where i'm just like saying fuck yeah you know because it's just so much fun but uh we'll we'll get to it listen dean if you're going to have a color fight with moon knight you're dead <laughs> You're dead. Because You're white, white is all the colors combined. Yeah. That's the problem with Batman. He's the absence of color. Whereas Moon Knight is all the colors combined. Wow, Tim. That is, that's a tweet right there. 
<laughs> you should tweet that out. Cool. Yeah, I will tweet that out. Yeah, tweet that out on our on our talking back uh, uh, Twitter. Yeah, unfortunately, our talking back Twitter doesn't uh, have a lot of traction, so uh, that would get tweeted in, into the unknown. Okay, into into the into the black. Hey, if you don't follow us on Twitter, don't bother. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Check us out on Instagram. Much. That's where we like to. That's where we like yeah. to spend some time. Twitter is about like things that are happening right now. And our podcast is about retro content. Right. It doesn't fit. Me trying to be on Twitter pushing retro content, it just doesn't yeah. It doesn't work. And I'm okay with that because it shouldn't work. Right. Yeah. Twitter's rejecting you and you're like, yeah, that's fine. This like, relationship yeah, that, was that never meant to be. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry for coming on here trying to yeah. push a retro <laughs> agenda when that's not what it's you're not all about. It's not you. Twitter. It's me. Yeah, it's me. we're gonna break up and it's not because of you it's because of me i'm sorry classic i made a mistake i don't belong here (laughs) (laughs) oh but i'm not gonna cancel our twitter account oh of course not yeah you gotta have one yeah we we, i still post stuff on there from time to time yeah every once in a while yeah some of our listeners engage with me there so i'm gonna keep it going Great. That's right. awesome. Yeah. Anything anything for the listeners. If they're engaging, anything oh, yeah. for the listeners. Oh, we do everything for the listeners. Yeah. So Moon Knight shows up face-to-face with the ghost punks, but he can't hurt them. He just punches right through them, but they can mm-hmm. hurt him. That's the problem. And they leave him bloodied and battered lying in the streets. And then we go back to the mansion of Moon Knight and we see Mark Spector talking to his other identities and then he has a discussion with Konshu what did you like what did you think of the way they make Konshu look in this comic book because it's an interesting take on like how they would make this god look yeah so, I, so I love it sorry sorry so, so he's having a conversation with him in, in the comic, they have to give him like a physical form so we understand that the conversation is going on. And I just thought they chose a real interesting way of drawing him, really. Yeah, I, I love it because he looks spooky. Like he looks like he's he's basically like some sort of bird skull, but some sort of like giant bird skull. Um, it looks scary. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just like it. And, and having like his... His like word bubbles and letters and like in black, having his word bubbles in black, um, it just it it, it creates this uh, ominous feeling. He's like in the corner in a chair and the chair is covered in cobwebs. I thought the look just as a whole really really worked because it it is something that is a little bit disturbing to look at, and I thought that kind of kind of worked with sort of the uh, the spookiness. I don't know of of sort of having like this this god that you have to talk to. And that sort of like saved you. I think it's cool that he's like kind of spooky. It 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 looked cool. I I thought it was like it's like a bird skull, right? Like it, it looks like a yeah. If it was like a human crow figure. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Also wearing a three piece suit though. It's it's got cobwebs on it. It's got the yeah. giant beak. It's all made of bone. 
So it's clearly yeah. dead. It's something that's been like dead and rotting. Yeah. I I thought it looked cool. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I wanted to get your take on it. I think it looks great, but it, it's very, very weird. It's very weird. I don't get it. I just, I, I like the vibes it's given me. Like, I like how creepy it is. I also like that it's, it's like clearly he's wearing white as well. And he's also sitting in like a white chair, but it's a different white than Moon Knight. Like Moon Knight actually just doesn't have any color at all on him. And, and the God here, Konshu, he's, it's like a little bit more gray, you know, like it's, it's, it's supposed to be what a regular white in a comic book would look like, I think. But then when you look at Moon Knight, it's just like completely the page, like it's just completely white as the page. So I, I like that. Uh, I like that difference. I like showing us someone else who's wearing all white and seeing that it's not as white as Moon Knight. I like that they made Moon Knight stark white, because what I feel like it does for me as I'm reading the book is it makes it look like he's glowing like a full moon, you know, the mm. way the moon glows when it's full, that's, yes, that's exactly. the vibe yeah. that I'm getting off of him. So without yeah. Jordi Belair actually putting like a little bit of a glowing halo around him, yeah. just leaving him stark white allows your brain to kind of fill in that it looks like he's glowing. Yeah. I, and I just love this conversation. I love the conversation between the two. This is where I start to just like, get excited and start the fist pumping because he's like i don't know what to do like i can't i can't punch these ghosts i can't even hit them what am i supposed to do and this god's just like you have a bunch of stuff that's from like so many ancient civilizations you've got stuff to fight the living it would shock me that you wouldn't have stuff to fight the dead and so he goes like rummaging through his stuff to find anything that he can get that will help him fight the dead i thought it was a great idea yeah and he says he doesn't even remember getting any of this stuff he has yes, it, amazing. but he doesn't, even, doesn't remember having it. So yeah, yes. he, he goes and he checks out that stuff. And man, it's quite the collection. Yeah. We see Moon Knight hit the streets again. This time he's in some weird ancient armor. And this time his attacks work. And he's beating up the ghosts and they have to flee. So fun. It's it, He shows up, he looks... He's got like that bird skull on. Like he's, yeah. he found some, he found this skull that looks exactly like this god. And he's, he's got like, wearing that. He's got he's, bone knuckles, like brass knuckles, he's got but made bone, of bone. Yeah, he's got bone knuckles. He's got this ancient armor. He's got like a moon medallion around his neck. He looks ridiculous. He hits the streets. He's ready to go. His first punch splits the ghost's face in half. Like yeah. the ghost's face explodes. This is what's also super fun is it's so violent how like he's just hitting them and like ripping them in half because he's definitely found he's like put so much of this shit on himself. So much of this like ghost fighting stuff on to make sure it worked that he's so powerful. He's just like busting them in half with a punch. I just thought it was like just incredibly fun. I thought they were dying, but they weren't because they're ghosts and you can't kill a ghost. So they just like reform. They just like put their face back on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but as they all run away, he starts to pursue them and he pursues them into an abandoned building where he finds the actual skeletons of those 80s punks. Like he finds their their skeletons. Yeah. We see the ghosts going into an old music box that that that's sitting on the floor. Moon Knight picks it up and on the music box it reads Johnny be good, love mom. And Moon Knight asks one of the skeletons, which is holding a gun still, and had the music box in front of it. 
Moon Knight asks if he had an attack of conscience and did he kill his fellow gang members and then kill himself. Then Moon Knight takes the music box, walks out, and takes to the night sky in his glider. Cool. That's Good it. issue. What do you um what do you think about that whole idea of like there's this some sort of magical music box, I guess. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I guess what the issue is telling us is that this one gang member, I guess, had regrets about what he was doing with his life and saw this music box from his mom and had great yeah. emotions about it and then killed his three gang member friends, shot them. Yeah then shot himself and yeah. somehow their spirits or something went to live in the music box and then kind of, I don't know, were eventually decided to come out and start attacking people or. Yeah. What, what do you think? Uh, I think like, I, I think the, I think it's like this this cool supernatural idea that like the music box obviously had this power in it somehow. Like this music box has some sort of story to it, right? We just don't really we don't really know what it is. Cuz they're like they're trapped in it, right? So like this guy, this guy who did kill them and then killed himself. Um like sometimes there's just like I think there there's when you watch supernatural movies there's just like lots of um lots of like pain and maybe lots of like um, evil activity around objects. Like when I watch, like I, I, I watch the like conjuring movies, they collect the objects that they think has like that, that like has all this evil presence around it and they like collect them and put them away. And so it's like uh, uh, this evilness can just like attach itself to something. And so this whole, this whole situation of this guy waiting for his gang members to walk in shooting them then killing himself there's just a lot of bad stuff that happened in this room so maybe all that evil power just sort of um connected itself to this music box and now they are still alive through it and when yeah when that music plays they come out and they terrorize people i think it's a really cool for, like for someone who watches like these ghost movies and likes them i thought it was a really cool idea that they're trapped in this music box and that he just takes it and throws it in the river and that's going to be good enough. You know, they're going to be, they're not going to be, uh, causing trouble anymore. Did he throw it in the river? Yeah. He takes it with him and then he's flying and gliding at the end. And then the last, the very last panel, it's falling. Like he's not holding it anymore. I didn't notice it falling. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he just threw it in the river. Oh, weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's, again, I think it's like one of those things where it's just like, it's not presented to get, you know, it's just yeah. like one of those things where it's like, what do you think about this? You know, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about all yeah, this stuff that sure. just went down? And it is interesting that the four, the four gang members that were killed by the one who had the music box, um, they were the ones that like were out terrorizing, you know, yeah. that one guy who killed them and committed suicide. He wasn't part of them. No. Like he didn't go out with them. It was just those four that he killed. Yeah. It was like they were unjustly killed so that their, their spirit still remained. Um, his didn't cause he killed himself, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, you drop these ghosts in a music box in the water. I feel like they'll come out again. Like that's not going to water. I don't know if water stops ghosts, but I liked, actually liked it better when I didn't know that he dropped them in the water because what I was thinking was that these ghosts 
they were stuck in this music box and in this location and they wanted like, they wanted some rest or something. So they almost like lured Moon Knight out because they knew that he could help them by like taking them and putting them in with maybe his other magical, you know, relics that he has. And maybe he could find a way to like seal them so that they could finally rest in peace. Um, so, so he goes there, he finds them, he grabs them. And I thought he just took them back to his collection, but I missed that he dropped them in the river. That's, that's bullshit. Well, yeah, but the, so listen to this, though, they're very afraid of him, right? Like when he looks in the music box, they're terrified looking back at him. So maybe he's just like, maybe he's being nice and just giving them like the piece they need just sitting at the bottom of the river. Like they're not coming back out because he's going to kick their ass. So maybe he's just like, if I throw you at the bottom of the river, no one's going to mess with you. Like no one's going to tamper with this box. No one's going to find this box. No one's going to do anything. You're just, you're peaceful down there. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was weird too. I I didn't really understand why he dropped it in the river. (laughs) All right. Issue four. Sleep. Moon Knight is in his limo. He picks up a doctor of sleep research who comes to Moon Knight for help because his patients are all having the same dream and it's driving them insane. One of his patients bit through her own finger and didn't even wake up. And when they were able to wake her, she started screaming about needing to escape her own body. Ooh, that's some creepy shit. That's some creepy shit right there, man. So Moon Knight asks to see this doctor's facility, but the doctor says that Moon Knight isn't qualified to study his patients. And I love this line from Moon Knight. He says, I am. I am precisely qualified. (laughs) Dreamers are people who travel at night. That is my specialist subject. Cool. I love I love the way he talks. I love <laughs> yeah. that they make him like kind of weird. He's know? so weird. He, he's yeah, a bit he's weird, definitely weird in the book. I, I like yeah. it. He's weird to talk to. Like you can tell in like social situations. Yeah, he's, he's uncomfortable. Like just he's a weird guy to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to the doctor's facility and asks to stay the night. He says the phenomenon is hyper local. It is in this building, so I intend to let the enemy get a good look at me so I can get a good look at them. Love it. Yeah. Great writing. I love how he likes to just present himself in the open. He's like, here I am. This is me. Who are you? What are you all about? Yeah, I'm I'm here to deal with you, but not in an aggressive way, just in a figuring out why you're here way. Um, But it's going to turn aggressive. yeah, for of course. Um, I I love that we just moved from a ghost story into like this like X Filesy fringy type um issue where it's like a little bit science based, but also you're not sure. There's got to be some supernatural going on. Yeah, I just I'm loving what the comics doing. I love them where where it's jumping around to all these different genres it's playing in. Yeah, good point. They are jumping around to a lot of fun different stuff. I mean this yeah. this this one is the most out there. This was a lot of fun. Oh, um, yeah, totally. My my goodness. Um, so Moon Knight, he goes into an empty room in this doctor's facility. He locks the door behind him. Then he goes to sleep. And we see mushrooms starting to grow from the floor where he's lying. Mm-hmm. And then he starts falling through the floor and falls into basically a mushroom universe. Like he's in outer space. Yeah. 
and there's mushrooms everywhere. It's like controlled, yeah. controlled by the mushrooms. He floats down onto a mushroom planet and finds a blue spirit of a man who tells him that he can't sleep and he can't wake up. Yeah. This is all very psychedelic now. Very psychedelic, yeah. Um, Moon Knight starts falling through a tunnel. He gets spit out of a fungus and he's walking on the ground and the ground is all purple faces one after another. He sees a bunch of skeletons flying overhead. He hears someone say, are you trapped inside my corpse with me? Help me. I think I'm dead, but I can't stop dreaming. Mm. Moon Knight sees a sunrise. Then the sun explodes. And then all we see is this giant floating mushroom brain type thing with crab claws and a, yeah. and a spine and mushrooms growing everywhere on it. I yeah, I, I looked at this thing this for is. a long time. I looked at this thing for so long, I couldn't fucking figure out what it was. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, it doesn't look like anything. It's, it's a mushroom brain. It's a mushroom brain with a spine and crab legs. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you it know. is. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. It's classic. Everybody knows that, what that looks like. Yeah, everybody's seen one of those before. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. We see Moon Knight wake up, and then he kicks through the locked door of the room, just destroys the wooden door. He grabs the doctor who's working at his desk grabs him by the hair, smashes his face on the desk, drags him into the room by his hair, throws him down on the floor um, right around where he was sleeping. Yeah. Moon Knight starts pulling up the floorboards to reveal a dead body with mushrooms growing all around it and out of its head. Makes sense. Yep. That's your brain mushroom spine crab leg thing yes yeah I, I don't know where the crab legs come in i'm still confused about that the doctor says the man had a fungal infection in his brain and then died in a dream state yeah that is very interesting a very interesting idea Yes, and he had a he had a fungal infection on his brain, and his brain was like literally growing mushrooms. Yeah, after he died and was put yeah. under the, you know, floor, he, his brain started Oof. to grow, grow mushrooms, mushrooms out of his head. It was, Ugh, ooh, gross. It was very gross. The doctor I don't says want mushroom brain. The doctor says he didn't know what to do, so he put him under the floor, and. The fungus growing out of this guy's head was releasing spores, and people have been breathing in his dreams. Right. Yeah. Weird. So this is just a really, really wild idea. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this issue for just coming up with the most bananas idea that you could come up with. Like, yeah, that totally. Somebody would die in their dream with like a fungal infection in their head. But yeah. that fungal infection after they're dead would continue to grow and then release spores. And then anybody who breathed in those spores would then be taken 
to the place that this guy died in, in the dream state, yeah. but he's actually not dead. He's forever like stuck in this permanent dream state because the, these mushrooms have something to do with the way that he's not able to like have any finality in death. It's like keeping him alive yeah. in a way. It's keeping his like memory and brain waves alive in some way. It's all very weird, very crazy, but it's a very, very interesting idea. Totally. Like, I mean, the mushrooms are on his brain, so maybe they're like, and the mushrooms are alive, so maybe they're keeping somehow keeping his brain alive, right? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So it, this is this is exactly like Fringe. I don't know if you've seen Fringe at all, but it's not. it's oh. it's a show that's like paranormal, like they're paranormal detectives basically, and every time they come to a scene that every something seems like it must be like something paranormal they have a scientific explanation for it. They oh, cool. figure out what that is. And it's like advanced science that doesn't really necessarily have to make sense to us right now, but it's always has this explanation of why it's happening. And so that's exactly what this felt like, where it's like they were all sharing a dream, but then here's the explanation. Here is why they were sharing a dream. And uh, yeah, really cool. Isn't that your buddy from the Mighty Ducks in that show? It is. Joshua Jackson's in the show. Nice. Yeah, he rules. All right, issue number five, Scarlet. This was the one that I thought was going to be your most favorite. It is yeah. is basically, it is. If, if anybody <laughs> out there, if you've seen the movie Dread, yeah. this is like <laughs> a single issue basically retelling, in a way, the story of Dread. Yeah, for sure. Moon Knight pulls up in his limo to a guy standing on the side of the street and he basically tells this this guy that he knows he abducted someone and that the person he abducted is in the building behind him and that the guy probably has a bunch of friends inside. So Moon Knight may as well just walk in the front door because they're already probably expecting him. It's a great start to this issue. It's like we've been jumping issue to issue and nothing's really uh, thread through any of them. We're just starting it off. And we don't see a girl get abducted. He just gets out of his limo, puts a knife to a guy's throat, and he's like, I know you abducted this girl. I'm going to go get her. How many people are in there? And then he's like, okay, I'm going to start at the bottom. And right away, you like, now you know. You know what the whole issue is going to be. He's going to go into this building, and he's going to get this girl out. I don't know who she is, but obviously she needs saving. She's with these people. Um, it's, it's, it's a great way to start the, an issue with this type of style to this comic. Yeah. We also don't see the detective work happening. The de detective work has already been done, which is cool. Yeah, Because true. they've yeah. been showing us the detective work up to this point, but now it's already done. He's at the destination. It's really smart. Yeah, it's a different entry point. Smart That's for the totally book. true. Yeah. yeah. So Moon Knight goes in on the main floor. He beats up the first guy with his club, his Moon Knight club. He hits the next guy with his Moon Blade, then clubs him, then trips him then lifts him in the air and breaks his back on the stair railing. Uh, another guy comes at him and shoots at Moon Knight. Moon Knight blocks it with his club, then presses the button to shoot out the grapple. But because the club was shot by a bullet, the club just explodes. But the yeah. grapple still is able to go out and hit this guy in the nose and just break his face. So that guy's dead. The next guy gets a moon blade in the face and then gets kicked through the railing. Then Moon Knight meets up with a giant man who Moon Knight cuts with two moon blades, then wraps his jacket around this guy's head 
and throws him through a railing. Then Moon Knight comes upon three guys all together. He takes all of them out. He just one punches. He one punches them all. He actually kicks two of them, punches one of them, but just one shots all three of them. Yeah. Then another guy comes. So Moon Knight throws his moon blade through this guy's foot. I love this one. Throws it through his foot, pinning his foot to the ground. So the guy trips and can't take a step, trips and falls and smashes his face on the ground. Yeah, just knocks himself out. He's out. Then Moon Knight meets up with a well-dressed dude in a purple suit. I think this is the leader, what I'm thinking at this point. Oh, yeah. This guy's got two gold knives, giant gold knives. Yes. Moon Knight fights him for a little bit, doesn't have any problems, takes one of his gold knives, stabs it into his leg, and then throws him through a door. Then he takes out three more guys effortlessly. Then the next guy, this guy finally catches on when Moon Knight motions for him to run. Moon Knight's got a bat and he just kind of like points to the door. And this guy's like, oh, okay, I'm not going to try anything because everybody else is just getting murdered. So that guy runs away. Then Moon Knight makes it to the room with the girl and a guy has a gun to her head. And I'm wondering how he's going to kill this guy. Yeah, this is great. This is great. He ends up talking this guy down. Yeah. He says, sure, you can kill her. But then what happens to you? Yeah. Like if you, (laughs) the only thing between you and death is her. If you kill her, I will kill you. If you don't kill her, I won't kill you. And the guy just hands the gun over. It was so great. It's amazing. And then Moon Knight just clubs him with his bat he's got, knocks that guy out. And then he goes up to this little girl who's been abducted. We don't know why she was abducted. We don't know why a gang of 20 people abducted her. But he walks up to her. Her name is Scarlet. And she looks at him and says, your face. And he says, it's a mask. And she says, it's not a mask. It's your face. And he says, smart kid. Then up on the roof... We see the guy who Moon Knight let run away. Moon Knight radios to his limo to drop the glider on top of this guy. And the glider falls from the sky and just crushes this guy dead. Great. I Great. loved what, I loved that conversation between the girl and him. So uh, good. Beautiful, beautiful moment. Just like she knows that, you know, the mask is his face. I loved that. And then I love that Moon Knight... Like, as he's making his way up these levels, he lets a guy run, knowing yeah. that he's just going to kill him a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Normally, he's just going to crush him. Normally, when you see that, you're like, okay, he's having mercy on this guy. He's going to let yeah. him live. This was Moon Knight having fun. He's like, okay, go, oh, yeah. run, run away, run out the door. Only because I want to kill you a little bit later. And then, yeah, see how far you get crushes this guy as he's on the rooftop. I thought that was so funny. So good. Um, Yeah. A couple things about this issue. You flew through it because that's how it goes. Like it is just action, action, action. And uh, what I really like about it is the progression because you're going to have to you're going to have to fight all these different all these different people. um, And 
we're going to be seeing the same thing. And and we need to know that it's happening fast. We need to know that he's beating these guys up and we need to feel the impact. So he starts at the bottom. He's fully clothed. He's got his suit on. By the time he gets to the top, his jacket's gone. His sleeves are rolled up and his shirt's unbuttoned because like he's he's in it. You know, yeah. he's sweating. He's he's uh, he already lost his jacket, having to throw it over a different guy's head. Um, so we see a different look from the bottom to the top. And I really like that. Um, I love the unbuttoned uh, shirt because he's just like he must have done that himself. Just he's like, I got to move a bit more. These guys are kind of tough. He's getting a bit um, warm. Just, he's getting a bit warm. Yeah, he's just mowing through them. You'll notice when you go through the issue that whenever he's sort of like walking places, there's like a really good background of what the um, what the inside of the building looks like. Yeah. And anytime they're fighting, there's no background because it's just like action. You need to focus on the action. It's going to be fast. And with no background and no distractions, your eye just goes straight to the action. It just goes straight to him hitting a guy. Next panel, the guy's falling. Next panel, another guy's in and he's hitting them. And so you know that that's like... It's conveying fast paced there. And then all of a sudden you'll see him walking on stairs and you'll be like, okay, this is when he took his time a bit. He hit the stairs and he started walking a bit. But then again, the background's blurred and he's he's hitting guys. I just thought that was a really neat touch uh, to add. And it really felt like great action. Like it felt like in a comic, which I think action is could be tough to do in a comic. And this is going to have a lot of motion to it. You're going up levels. You're fighting a lot of guys. I felt that action. It did feel like Dread, which is like an amazing action movie. Um, so again, just great job on this issue. Loved it. It was all action. It was all yeah, action. The whole thing was but action. I loved that they took one moment at the end to make it all yeah. about the heart because what yeah. he's doing is trying to rescue this young girl. That's what this yeah. is all about. So they give us that moment of heart at the end. And yeah, he. Th- this is him. Like, how do you squeeze in one like... 22 page comic how do you squeeze in moon knight killing i don't know like it's got to be 17 18 guys yeah just one after another oh man it goes so fast a lot of fun you you do get to see him progressing he calls out floor levels that he's on you know so that you kind of know how he's progressing (laughs) he's like okay floor two exactly yeah guys come Yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a very, very fun issue. Great issue. Now on to issue six, Spectre. This issue starts off in a scene from the first issue of the series. Right, This was very cool. It's like a flashback to, to issue one. Yeah. Where, um, like, Moon Knight's in the alley with that dead body... And he's talking about, you know, the murderer being under the, under the city in the tunnels. And we see Moon Knight sort of make a cop look dumb. And then the sergeant kind of yells at that cop as well. And then we see this cop kind of growing up. And we see that all through his life, people have been talking down to him and have told him that he'd never be anything. He'd never, he'd never amount to anything. Um that clearly struck a nerve with him that Moon Knight kind of talked down to him. And then his boss talked down to him because this has been happening. It's it's a reoccurring theme with this guy. It seems like he can't do anything right in any situation. So it was just, it was flashing all back to him and he, yeah, it was, uh, he was not happy with the situation. And in, in his mind, it was, you know, it was Moon Knight that started this whole thing. If he wasn't there, then this wouldn't happen. Yeah. He doesn't understand Moon Knight. He doesn't understand why, like, 
why he's just supposed to swallow that this guy can talk to him that way, talk down to him, and why he's better than him. Like, what what makes Moon Knight so special? Yeah. So this cop, he starts investigating Moon Knight. Uh, He's pretending to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he also starts training really hard. And he's being consumed by this, by training Mm -hmm. and by investigating Moon Knight. And he tells his girlfriend he's going to kill Moon Knight. And and she's shocked. She's shocked by that. Why why would you kill Moon Knight? He says he's going to kill Moon Knight so he can become Moon Knight. Yeah. She's like, why can't he, why can't this guy be Moon Knight? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His girlfriend, as I mentioned, is shocked. So he kills his girlfriend. Yeah. Wild. Then he assumes the identity of one of Moon Knight's dead enemies, Black Spectre. He sets a trap for Moon Knight. He blows up Moon Knight's limo. Then Moon Knight comes in on his glider. The guy shoots and destroys the glider. So already, dude, this guy has done way more than anybody else has done in this run so far. He, yeah, he is actually pretty good. He is he's, pretty he's good. Actually, he did his research on Moon Knight to try to figure out like how he could beat him. And he's, and he's actually doing pretty it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. One of his explosive traps incorrectly detonates, though, and severely injures him, severely injures the cop. And Moon Knight comes over to the cop. Moon Knight explains to him that Black Spectre died because Black Spectre wanted to be loved. Right. He says people who love him suffer and die. He never wanted to be loved. And that's why he always wins. Yeah. And then the end. This was a bit of a weird one. Yes, I I think it's a bit of a weird one. I think it's an an interesting issue if... Warren Ellis, which I think he did, if Warren Ellis um, knows that he's ending his run here, because it's just sort of him, I think, wrapping up some ideas that he's already started in the other ones, just saying like how we've always had this villain that has like a reason why they're doing it, you know, whether or not that reason is a good reason, it's their reason, you know, it's their, they are a person and they have, are doing this because of a decision um, because of something that hurt them, you know, and some decision they're making to like uh, get get free of that hurt. And so we go back to the first issue to sort of try to tie things together. And you see the birth of a villain. You see the birth of a supervillain and him just again hammering home just kind of like these villains have their reasons why they're doing this. They're doing insane things. They're killing their girlfriends. But this is his, this is why, this is why he's doing it. This is how we could get a supervillain. Um, and then ending on Moon Knight sort of being like, I always win because I don't have, like, I don't want love. I don't have attachments is interesting because that's usually like what a villain says as why they have the upper hand on a hero because the hero cares, you know, and that's why a villain would have an upper hand. So it's interesting that Moon Knight says he always wins because he doesn't want to be loved. Um, just uh, again, I think Ellis just saying like, this is this hero. This is this guy. This is what I've been trying to get at. So I liked it as an end issue um, to sort of wrap up this whole thing. 
Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, this is the end of Warren Ellis writing on this series. It goes on for more than six issues, but he, him and uh, Declan Shalvey end at issue six. Yeah. All right. Well, if you'd like to support us, check us out on Patreon. We've got a bunch of bonus content over there. Lots of fun stuff. The thing with Patreon is if you sign up at the $5 level, you unlock all of the episodes we've already released. So there's like, I don't know, there's a whole bunch of episodes over there. And if you just sign up, you you get all we of got, them just right like that. You get them all. Yeah, Tim, we got Bond episodes on there. We got new releases like uh, The Matrix and Shang-Chi's on there. Um, we also have, uh, we do some specials. We do some Christmas specials, Valentine's yep. Day specials. All that stuff is on there. You just sign up. It's all over it. there. Yeah. And also, if you enjoy our podcast, we'd recommend you check out all the podcasts on the Blast From Our Past network because they are all excellent. So go check those out. Whole lot of fun going on. Dean, thanks for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingback where you can make a one-time donation of any amount or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.